Hello, my friends. This is Donna, and today's episode is called The Shift and Ascension, Part 1. So I had planned this topic for a ways down the order of topics because it is one of the central themes that I have been building towards. However, I am being told with some urgency that I should do this topic now. So there is a lot of information on this topic, and I am going to split it into at least three episodes. The first one will be an introduction and background. The next one will have more in-depth information. And then the third one will be called the Fifth Dimension Collective, which will be higher stuff. Today, I'm going to talk about prophecies, yuga cycles, dimensions, the apocalypse, millennials, and why there are so many people on the planet right now. Strap in. We have got a lot of ground to cover. Earth and all that are on it are in a process right now of ascending from third to fifth dimension. Fourth dimension is described as a gateway and a neutral zone. This shift and ascension is also referred to as a shift from third to fourth density. For the sake of continuity, I stick to the word dimension. If you do happen across the idea that we are moving into fourth density, they are simply using different measurements to describe the same shift. Density is a measure of mass and consistency, or the difference in frequency between realities. Whereas dimension measures spatial extent, including height, width, length, etc. Dimension implies location. So Edgar Cayce, Nostradamus, Yogananda, prophets of the Bible's Old and New Testaments, the indigenous peoples of the world, like the Maori of New Zealand, the Zulus of Africa, the Kahunas of Hawaii, the Eskimos of Alaska, the Maya of Mexico and Guatemala, the Koji of Colombia, the Native Americans of North America, the Shintos of Japan, and at least... 30 ancient religions, all predicted that a great change would happen in our world. This change has been referred to as a new age, a shift in consciousness, an ascension, an apocalypse, and a new earth. Some of these predictions were tied to a certain time period astrologically or by signs, which would be descriptions of what would be going on in the world. Now, these predictions of when indicate the same time period of a great ending, which also connotes a beginning once you begin to understand that that's how the cosmos works. It's all a big circle or cycles. Do you remember the big hoopla over the Mayan long count calendar ending in December of 2012? This was one of the most obvious examples of timing about the shift or the ending that was being talked about in ancient times. Let's talk for a minute about prophecies and channelings. The information regarding this shift is abundant and the details vary wildly 
because the information came either through prophecy in ancient times or channeling in more current times. Channeling is when humans receive messages from higher beings, such as angels or masters who are in another realm of existence. The thing about prophecy is that it is made by human beings within our world and within our timeline. Humans who are basically psychic enough to see or hear or know parts of the future, but they are not going to have the entire cosmic big picture, so to speak. So the prophecies are little bits and pieces of the future at best. At worst, these human beings had very little understanding of what they saw or heard so it can be very misunderstood and misrepresented. Also, those making the prophecies often didn't have any concept of advanced technology and culture, so it is hard sometimes to decode their primitive descriptions. And then the thing about channelings are that the information comes from someone outside of our world and outside of our time. So those beings often don't have a, what, what I would say, a detailed sense of time. <laughs> and also, they often see too much of the cosmic big picture, which is to say that they can see the different parallel realities and planes of existence. So the various information and timelines that they give might get sort of mixed up or a little bit jumbled together. In both cases, of channeling and prophecy, the information does come through a human filter. So it will naturally include distortions based on the specific bias of the filter, which is to say that the specific conditioning or programming of the human that it came through. Now, don't get me wrong. Both prophecies and channelings provide super valuable information. And there is more commonalities than differences between all of this information, both ancient and modern, from both within and without our world, which is somewhat of a miracle when you take all of this into account. The most obvious commonality is that a shift was going to happen somewhere around the beginning of this millennium. Ultimately, because of the free will of billions of souls that are playing out lifetimes here on this planet, the shift can literally happen about a billion different ways. Also, once you throw in parallel realities or alternate dimensions, it probably does happen at least a million or more different ways. So, <laughs> now that we're all perfectly clear on the specifics of what and when and how, let's move on. Now, I do want to explain briefly um, how I am using these words, the shift and the ascension. The shift I use to refer to the actual physical thing that is going on with our planet inside of our galaxy here, because the shift is happening to everybody. Um, all the energies that are going on, this, this is part of every soul that is alive on the planet, uh, part of their reality, the shift is. However, the ascension is not going to be part of everyone's reality, and I'll explain why a little bit later. 
So let's talk about the shift first. I explained the large cycles of our solar system, which we would call a yuga, in the episode titled Yuga Cycles and How Religions Went Astray. But I'm going to share a quick refresher on yuga cycles because it is literally um, what the shift is all about. Yugas are the astrological large cycles that the sun and all of us who are attached to it makes, also called a precessional cycle. Once our sun has traveled through all 12 astrological ages, which is tracked by which constellation the sun rises in on spring equinox, then a processional cycle or yuga is completed. The yuga cycle takes about 24,000 earth years to complete. Many sources say it is almost 26,000 years, but I lean towards 24,000 right now. A yuga also describes the tilt of Earth's axis away from the sun and then back towards the sun. If you picture our little solar system moving along in the shape of an oval within the galaxy, and at one end of the oval is the closest point that we can get to universal center or source. This shift that I am talking about is, physically speaking, the point in the oval orbit where we are headed or angling back towards the center or source of the universe. We've been moving away from it for 12,000 years, which is called a descending cycle and has been described as a fall of humanity or a separation from source or even turning our backs on God. 12,000 years ago, our turn into the descending cycle also coincides with the ending of Atlantis, which was very much the symbol of the Golden Age. And that was also when the last great flood happened, effectively resetting humanity. This flood was also known popularly as Noah's Flood. Recently, we have rounded the curve, so to speak, at the farthest end of the oval and changed our heading to the ascending cycle. Some people think that the marker where we changed heading was around the time of Christ, Jesus Christ of the, of the Bible. Others think it was the end of the Mayan calendar in 2012. And I say perhaps it is both because it is a physical curve with a beginning and an end of the curve or the turning. Either way, the last age was the shadow period or the descending cycle moving further and further away from light or away from source. This new age that we have entered now is the ascending cycle and the movement back towards the center of the universe physically and towards the light of love spiritually. So that, in a nutshell, is the shift. Let's talk about the ascension. Let's move from physical cycles to spiritual cycles. 2012-ish <laughs> correspondingly marked the predetermined ending of planet Earth's cycles through third dimension 
And earth is now ascending in the process of ascending to fifth dimension. As I said earlier, fourth is described as a gateway or a neutral zone. Fourth dimension is sort of like an overlay that links third and fifth dimensions. Our movements or cycles or evolution through dimensions and planes and densities looks like a spiral type of a movement. Now, like each hour of the clock, the yuga shifts from age to age. And energetically, the shifts from dimension to dimension are also predetermined. Because this shift and ascension involve the entire planet of Earth, this ascension is sort of like a window um, where each soul, what happens to each soul is going to be in terms of what their readiness level is. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. It's said that normally individual souls and soul collectives spiral up from dimension to dimension, but entire planet ascension is rather rare. So something very special seems to be happening with planet Earth and this human race that it supports. Something that it is said has the entire cosmos watching to see what will happen. Something that has drawn a huge number of souls to incarnate here at this time just so they can be a part of it and be here for the window. So let's, let's transition into why are there seven and a half billion people on our planet right now? <laughs> well, because obviously of the intersection of these current events. At the soul level, many souls want to participate in this shift in ascension simply because it is a novelty. It is a rare cosmic event. And ultimately, this is the window for souls who have been reincarnating for eons of lifetimes and evolving and are now ready to graduate, so to speak, from this grade level. According to Ra, in the Ra Law of One books, they call this a harvest. And the harvest is going to be for those who live over 51% in love. They will be the ones who graduate to fifth dimension positive. Those who live over 95% negative will also graduate or ascend to fifth dimension negative. The rest are not yet considered harvestable for this window and they will simply continue their path in third dimension where they can continue to polarize or choose either positive or negative pathways until they are ready to ascend. And I want to insert just a little reminder here about um, this positive or negative choice of orientation that we have, that this is a legitimate choice that exists at these levels of dimensions. Um, for the purpose of experience, and it is not forever. Those who choose negative paths or negative orientations do so for a time, because in the higher, uh, much higher dimensions, everybody comes back together again into a, a positive orientation. So God and the heavens and the entire cosmos loves souls just as much, whether they are on a positive path or a negative path. Okay, so, and then there are helper souls who are here at this time. Waves of soul volunteers 
have been coming here since about the 1930s. And each wave had a specific focus or a collective job in preparing the planet and more of humanity for ascension. The New Testament Gospels of Matthew and Luke both record Jesus saying, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. End quote. Well, we are told that the call went out and millions of souls have been responding increasingly. We call these souls many things today. Lightworkers, healers, peaceful warriors, psychics, shamans, and empaths, just to name a few. Many, many of these helper souls are now doing their work consciously. But we know from QHHT sessions that there are also many doing this type of work unconsciously at this time as well. Some physical signs of the shift that were included in prophecies are, the first one, lots of truth or higher information and higher perspectives are entering our world or our collective consciousness at an incredible rate. And though this information is very available to those who want it or need it, it also leaves room for the free will of those souls who are not yet ready to leave their comfortably set belief systems. A second sign, society is polarizing. The the good is getting better and the bad is getting worse. Another sign, earth calamities are increasing. And another one, systems are breaking down. Financial, education, uh, political, pharmaceutical, um, surgery-based healthcare, religions, hierarchies of all kinds, governments of all types. Another sign, disclosure is beginning and will continue, which will help this breakdown become total. This is known as the apocalypse. Now, apocalypse is a Greek word that means unveiling everything that was hidden. And we have seen very recently some some painful ways that this is happening in the sexual misconduct charges against so many men. If you've been paying attention, you may have noticed more and more reputable reports of advanced spacecraft in our skies. Or discoveries of very, very old civilizations like the Bosnian pyramids and the cities under Antarctica. Or you may know that there are millions of declassified government documents that are now available out there. Now, there are so many ways that disclosure can and will happen. And, of course, many forms that the fallout might take from all that we will be introduced to. But this is the apocalypse. This is not the Armageddon. That's a whole other subject. Armageddon is the final battle between good and evil, and it is unrelated to this shift or ascension. In fact, the Armageddon is at least 1,000 years away from this time. So while this apocalypse, this unveiling process happens, stay calm and hang on for the ride And most importantly, stay free of fear. Choose love. Make this your mantra that you repeat over and over in any situation where fear might arise. 
I choose love. This destabilization and breakdown of systems is very much supposed to happen and is in fact overdue. (laughs) The old has to completely fail before the new can rise. There is a ton of information that has been hidden from humanity for a very long time that we need to know and are ready to use now, and it is already beginning to come forth. Another sign, children born in the 1980s and onward are different at the DNA level. They are wired for the next dimension, and it is their presence, their higher frequencies That has made it possible for our entire planet to shift. These souls don't have karma. If you've listened to our episode on karma, then you'll know what I'm talking about here. The presence of these young souls is even eliminating the remaining karma for the older generations. This doing away with karma is because karma is a third dimension law. In QHHT sessions, Dolores Cannon was told many times that karma is less and less dictating our human experience. So these, so to speak, new kids' physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual makeup is different, and scientists are studying what all those differences are. For one thing, They are wired to work with computers and technologies, technologies that we don't really have, or at least not in the mainstream yet. They are wired to survive on different and less foods. They have a much higher IQ. They are vibrating literally at a much faster rate, hence the dramatic surge of ADHD and ADD. A huge percentage of them are psychically gifted. The interface between their bodies and our old third dimension, uh, slower frequency is the spiritual component that is at the root of many of the so-called childhood allergies and diseases, which if you look, began largely in the 1980s. And yes, there are lots of contributing physical components to these childhood diseases as well, which I won't go into. Increasingly, the children being born are more and more altered. They are sensitive in ways that we can't yet understand. And being here in this low-frequency world of so much uh, greed and violence still is sort of excruciating for these souls who came from very gentle, loving, uh, spiritually and socially advanced places. The spiritual reason for so much teenage and young adult suicide is related to this. These are beautiful souls who agreed to come and shine their light, and they do. They just sometimes can't stay for very long. And yes, again, there are plenty of physical issues that play a part in this. Remember, as above, so below means that there are both spiritual and physical reflections of everything. These children, which we so affectionately call the millennials, as well as the next generation which is being born now, are already rapidly changing the world on an energetic level, with physical outward changes just beginning. Now, the older generations, who hold most of the power in the form of money and militaries, are fighting these changes tooth and nail because 
they are still focused on survival and very afraid of what a world without capitalism and armies would mean for them personally. But as those generations die off, the world will spring into a period of rapid and unprecedented change, and we have already begun that. The groundwork was quietly being laid for the last hundred years, and we'll discuss what those changes might look like in a little bit. Let me share a little bit of of more current information included in channelings. According to the Raw Law of One books, book one, Earth has already moved into fifth dimension, and the mismatch of energies between the planet's fifth dimension reality and humanity's third dimensional reality begin, quote, will increase entropy and unusable heat causing outer ruptures, end quote. Now, this book was written in the early 1980s, so I'd say it has been pretty prophetic. (laughs) We are certainly witnessing Earth's rebalancing with enormous energies. To continue with that quote from Ra, during the transition, more and more people of a new breed will incarnate capable of fourth density work. There will be a short run of power by negatively oriented people which causes the catalyst needed to move those not ready to transition to a place for their comfort level. Those who remain will be fourth density, and many will come from elsewhere to fill in, because Earth can support many more than will be the number harvested. End quote. So, fifth dimension has a new and different Earth, and yet... It already exists in this space-time on another dimension. We're told to imagine it like a baseball, where the inner layer is the new earth and all the other layers are parts of the old earth that we are working to burn off or disintegrate or shed by raising our individual and collective frequencies. Here's a different sort of visual. Dolores Cannon gives descriptions on YouTube and in several of her books of Earth separating, much like a parallel universe, wherein the old Earth provides a place for those needing to continue in third dimension, and the new Earth is for those ready to transition into fifth dimension. It is entirely possible that with the Earth separating into parallel Earths, A version of the old earth will continue on its negative path and eventually live out the destruction scenarios that many believe are biblical prophecy. Now, this will only be for those who seem very bent on experiencing it. Remember, what we choose to believe does become our reality. The process of Earth's ascension and then migrating or transforming humanity to fifth dimension is estimated to be an approximately 30-year process, and there is much debate about when that process actually began and when it will end. So what will fifth dimension be like? Well, we will be in a reverent and symbiotic relationship with the earth, along with the mineral and plant and animal kingdoms, which means that we will relearn the abundant 
natural powers and clean energies that are available to us and use them. The earth will lovingly provide everything for us, as it always has, (laughs) but this time we will be in gratitude and respect for all that the planet so freely gives to us, and we will contribute to its abundance. Most of all, we will all be learning. We will spend a lot or even most of our time learning because humanity has been held back or manipulated and kept in the literal dark for these last many, many years. There is a lot to learn and to catch up on. Our teachers will be highly evolved civilizations and species, which we will call the sky people. Yes, they will be not from our planet. (laughs) We will become part of the universal family, exploring and colonizing some of the millions of inhabitable planets in our system and befriending many other species, once again, the sky people, and learning from them. There will be no system of money. I know this is hard to imagine. To quote Allison Coe, we are the only species here that actually has to pay to exist. End quote. <laughs> Being born and living shouldn't cost money. It doesn't in other species and other worlds. Money is actually a slave tool that measures how much labor people can be incentivized to do. And money first appeared in Egypt about the time that we went into the descending part of the cycle, into the darker part of the Yuga yuga cycle. Money is really only useful for exploring things like greed, poverty, exclusion, and power. And we very much intended to explore those things. (laughs) And now we're done exploring those things after third dimension. On the new earth, everyone's needs will be lovingly and abundantly met so that we can focus on relationships and creating. And just a little bit of a hint as to how, how is this going to happen? Well, there already exists plenty of technology (laughs) that most people don't know about that will be used to meet everyone's needs. Um, Very, very advanced technology. Fifth dimension is one where we will begin to create anything that we want to with our minds. The Raw Law of One Book Three says, The frontal lobes of the brain will, shall we say, have much more use in fourth density. The primary mental emotive condition of this large area of the so-called brain is joy or love in its creative sense. End quote. We're already seeing huge increases in the rate of manifestation, both positive and negative, by human beings especially uh, in experiments with groups. If you look up the Maharishi effect studies, they show repeatedly that small groups can reduce crime rates in a large city or an area through meditation or focusing the mind. The most recent discoveries about just the pineal gland shows a little bit of how our brains can function in a much, much higher capacity. There will be no hierarchies in fifth dimension, and we will be balanced between patriarchy and matriarchy. In fact, gender will cease to matter. 
because we will finally see and experience each other as a unique expression of spirit, not as a male or female human body. This will finally be a time of greater balance between the masculine and feminine energies in each one of us and in the collective of humanity. That's all I'm going to share for now, and we'll talk a little more in other episodes of more of what five dimension or fifth dimension will be like. I want to end by reading from a little bit of a lengthy article. This is found on montalk.net, and this is for those of you who are more technically minded. (laughs) Begin quote, what does the shift entail? As best I can tell, it is an ungluing of our consensual collective reality so that the dissonant sectors of the population can diverge onto separate time streams and then into separate realms of existence altogether. It is a higher degree expression of the same realm dynamics underlying our daily experiences. At the moment, we all share the same planet, and separation among people of incompatible learning paths amounts to geographic separation, but more usually involves a simple synchronistic barrier between them so that they rarely cross paths in life. But as the polarization increases and the repulsive tension between dissonant population sectors grow, And as conditions on this planet increasingly leave less room for everyone's free will to be accommodated in the same space and time, there will be increasing pressure for more extreme means of separation. According to Realm Dynamics, what begins as mere dislike between individuals can grow to parting of the ways, a parting of timelines, and finally parting of dimensions. It is cellular mitosis on the hyperdimensional scale. Ultimately, this means that where and when we end up depends on where we need to end up, on the culmination of our spiritual choices in life, and on what resonates most with our soul natures, because it is these that determine what realities we access after entering hyperspace. That's why it's incredibly unrealistic to say that everyone on earth is guaranteed to ascend to a higher level. That scenario would violate the free will of those not ready and encourage passivity, since with ascension being guaranteed, all one needs to do is sit around and wait, which is no different from the Christian rapture or other doomsday lifestyles that promote passively waiting for the end. There is common criticism that even the kind of shift mentioned in this article is no different from rapture theories since it deals with a grand event that leads to a judging of people. Keep in mind that the criteria for the sorting process is based entirely on free will and spiritual necessity rather than moralistic dogma. The only ones doing the judging are the individuals themselves or rather, their own higher selves. Realm Dynamics explains why the principles underlying the shift are the same ones active at a lower degree in our lives every day. If you want to know what your quantum phase resonance is, look at the kind of experiences you are attracting right now. What is the theme of your life experiences? Are you madly clambering for material satisfactions, stepping over others to attain your ambitions? 
Do you constantly suffer misfortune after misfortune, hostility and persecution? Or do you strive for greater awareness and balance, with your life having its regular share of miracles? There are a thousand further questions, but these should get you thinking. End quote. I saw this reading as especially prophetic. I don't remember when this was written, but it was quite a few years ago. Um, I'd have to look that up, but I see it as prophetic because we are now seeing such an ever-increasing polarizing of society, of, of those who want to follow the path of fear and exclusion and power over others and violence and greed, and those on the path of love, which involves inclusion, serving others, creativity, and abundance for all. Most of those out there who speak about the shift or the ascension also talk of this extreme polarization. And this was actually described to me during a QHHT session by the Higher Collective as a spectrum that is continually reaching out in two opposite directions. And they said it will continue until the shift process is complete because it is the method of helping each soul be able to polarize or anchor deeper in the direction, the, the, the polarization or the direction that they choose. Now, in no way should this separation of humanity between third and fifth dimensions be seen as a punishment. It is absolutely not. It is all based entirely on each soul's free will. It is, in essence, giving each soul, each spirit, exactly what they want until they begin to want something different. It's basically like our current ability to choose to live in a country or a community or do an occupation that offers the things that we want right now, like people who decide to become a monk or someone who wants to be a Wall Street broker or somebody who moves to Australia or India. (laughs) At the soul level, There are always these same types of accommodations for soul choice on where and how they want to live. Your additional resources for today, I'm going to start with an online site that I have found invaluable. It is sacredtexts.com. That's S-A-C-R-E-D hyphen T-E-X-T-S dot com. And this is basically a library of lots and lots of ancient texts that some wonderful souls have been scanning in online so they become accessible without having to visit libraries all over the world. Um, I want to share something from the Book of Mysteries, which is also known as the Book of Secrets, which is an ancient Essene text which uh, found in fragmentary form among the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Book of Mysteries is closely related to another unnamed wisdom book found among the Dead Sea Scrolls, variously called The Secret of the Way Things Are or The Sapiential Work. The eschatology of the book is rather unusual. The end time described by the author does not manifest itself in the normal culmination of a battle, of a judgment or catastrophe, but rather like this, begin quote, a steady increase of light 
through which darkness is made to disappear or in which iniquity dissolves, just as the smoke rising into the air, it eventually dissipates. End quote. In this sense, wisdom is the inevitable force that needs to be yielded to by those who choose to accept it and are capable of understanding it. There is no mention in this work of angels or Yahweh's coming or resurrection of the wise or any of the typical messianic language that are usually associated with Judeo-Christian eschatological texts. It simply argues for a change in focus from folly to wisdom and therefore righteousness. Uh, The next resource I want to share is an incredibly applicable and interesting book on the book of Revelations in the Bible's New Testament. This book is titled Edgar Cayce on the Revelation, and it is simply an incredibly uh, different and yet very practical way to look at what Revelations might be all about. Allison Coe has YouTube videos that are fascinating. Allison Coe practices QHHT. Her last name is spelled C-O-E, just so you know, up in Portland, Oregon, and she has no idea that I'm talking about her. <laughs> but she has a YouTube video titled A Tale of Two Earths and Two QHHT Sessions, which has some just fascinating information about the shift. Dolores Cannon, as I mentioned earlier, has many talks about the shift on YouTube, and her latest books have sections as well on the shift and the ascension. And the Raw Law of One books, of course, uh, talking about this as the harvest. Then there are some really great audio descriptions of what the fifth dimensional world might look like and how it might operate by a lady named Marina Michaels. Her website is thelighthouseonline.com. And if you look under uh, Jesus September 2001 heading, number 11 is specifically where the um, little audio sort of podcast is that I'm referring to. There is a book titled The Indigo Children by Lee Carroll and Jan Tober which is a book of compiled scientific studies, letters, and notes written by medical doctors and psychologists and scientists who have been studying these new children since they were first discovered. And I'm sure there are many, many other books and articles out there about this, but I haven't done my homework to see which ones are the best ones to actually refer to you. So you're on your own for that one. That's it. That's the end of the additional resources. In the next episode, I will talk about how to prepare ourselves for transitioning and the likely phases of shifting and ascending with some specifics on what the experiences might be like and a few other answers to common questions. Remember to visit our author website at ddadare.com and let us know what questions you have about this or any of the information that we share. Also, you can sign up there for an email if you would like to be notified when Diana and I publish our Fiction Atlantis book trilogy, which is getting closer and closer to publish date. We hope to do it by summer of 2018. Thank you, my friends, so much for hanging in there. Thanks for listening. And blessings on you, blessings on your day.